coronavirus. Probably not the first time you've heard that word, but with the virus spreading and the stock market shaking, what if you're traveling? How do you protect yourself? We're tackling that with thought leader Liz Weston from NerdWallet on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside of Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Hey, and I'm Liz Weston. Coming to you from where, Liz? I'm in Los Angeles, California. Fantastic. Where it might be slightly warmer than here, than here in Detroit. <laughs> it's relative, Joe. It's relative. You know, <laughs> sixty degrees, and we're like, oh, oh show off. Don't don't rub <laughs> it in. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're tackling one that Liz brought us from Forbes. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we dive into how these affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough. We'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show that you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day, all in usually less than 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by Acre Trader. You know, Liz, it was Mark Twain that said, buy land, they're not making it anymore. When you when you invest with Acre Trader, you'll find that you can take something that's very difficult, buying a big plot of land, and they make it really easy. We'll talk more about Acre Trader, but if you want to check it out and watch the explainer video, head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF. That's money with friends. Uh, acretrader.com forward slash MWF. And we'll tell you a little bit more about Acre Trader later. But right now, let's talk about Liz Weston. Liz. You are a podcaster now. Say it ain't so. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I am the co-host of the Smart Money Podcast with NerdWallet. It is so fun. And and the 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 podcast is awesome. You're in your third season? Yeah, yeah. That's been going on without me. I just dropped into it and I'm taking advantage of Sean Piles is my co-host. He's the one who built it, put everything together, learned Zencaster, all that good stuff. So I just get to, you know, show up, chat, and leave. It's great. It is, but it's addictive, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And it's so much fun to have this other platform to talk to people because, I, you know, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I'm sure other people do. And it's nice to be able to give them information in a way that they can absorb, whether they're like, you know, me on the elliptical or out walking or, you know, <laughs> right. whatever they're doing. And and you also, so that's not your day job. You're also uh, editor-in-chief for NerdWallet. No, 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 no. God, no. don't put that on me. <laughs> I'm just a columnist. You're a columnist, a columnist for NerdWallet. Yes. Yeah. I always think and of I'm you like, as in charge, but that's oh, just, no, no, that's no. just your that's personality. <laughs> I think that's your personality. I think so. I think I've just got that Hermione Granger thing going on. Everybody <laughs> thinks I'm running the whole show, but no, I write a column that's picked up by Associated Press. So it's, you know, in all those outlets. And, yes. Uh, then I get to go home and turn everything off, which is the way I prefer it. Thank you. Very I much. was surprised to see you guys had Super Bowl commercials though. I know. Isn't that amazing? That this was like crazy. The growth of this company is amazing. I know. Well, we're not going to talk about uh, Super Bowl commercials or how we get Liz in charge of Nerd Wallet, which by the end of the show, maybe we'll do that. Maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, we're going to talk about traveling and the coronavirus, which obviously day by day gets worse. So uh, we're going to kick that off here in just a second. But let's see which one of our friends is going to help us start today's show. This is Scott from the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us from uh, Forbes, and it's written by uh, Caroline Lupini from the Forbes staff contributor group. Uh, it's called Canceling Travel Due to Coronavirus. Your credit card insurance might help, but you have other options. Liz, you want to do the honors? 
Yeah, this is what Caroline writes. Whether it's a natural disaster, political unrest, or a quickly spreading pandemic, emergent situations tend to cause us to step back and take stock of our options and our insurance. In the wake of the developing coronavirus outbreak, it's important to know exactly what your options are. Does travel insurance through your credit card help cover a sudden disease outbreak? And are you entitled to revise your traffic, your travel plans due to fear of exposure? What about cases where your doctor advises you not to travel? In this article, we'll look at coverage offered by popular credit cards, as well as what other options you may have. And let's go through this without going into the credit cards. By the way, I will link to this in my uh, on my uh, Twitter feed, also in the Money with Friends Twitter feed, so that if you want to follow along, you can uh, you can go through the specific credit cards. But without getting too specific, going to your credit card list, the number one place to go. Well, one of the things you have to understand about travel insurance is it doesn't cover what might happen. It covers what already has happened. And if you look at the coronavirus, okay, in that case, are you quarantined? <laughs> are you on that cruise ship that's that's in Japan? Um, or is it something you're afraid of? So in general, the, the, the rough answer is probably not. Your trip insurance probably won't cover you. But if um, if there's a situation where you've got a compromised immune system, for example, and you can get a doctor's note to say you shouldn't travel, maybe. So it's definitely, if you have travel insurance on your card, and I recommend cards with travel insurance, that's definitely something to look into. We just expanded for Stacking Benjamins, our, um, uh, uh, we upgraded our American Express card to get more, to get more benefits. This, I think, Liz, is a case of most people, and, and I had no idea what benefits we already had. And then we looked at the benefits we had, and we decided that the cost to upgrade our card was well worth the benefits that we were going to get because of the amount of travel we're, we're, we're going to be doing in the next 12 months. I think this is a case where you really got to look at your look at all the benefits that you have available, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And just like you, a lot of people don't know what's on their card. So they might have this benefit and not use it. I specifically look to have a card that has a certain suite of, of travel insurance, travel cancellation, things like that. And uh, that's because we've had to use it in the past. And it's been incredibly helpful. When our daughter got sick, we are actually going to Chicago. And daughter got sick at the last minute, had to cancel my husband's ticket and her ticket. Um, I think we wound up keeping the big, you know, hotel room that I booked for us. But, you know, that's several hundred dollars. That's no small thing. So now I make sure that I have a, a card that has these benefits on it. And actually, since we have a side business, I have one for the business and one for our personal travel. And I wouldn't travel without it. I was going to I was going to ask you about travel insurance in general. There's got to be a crossover point, I would think, where it makes sense or it doesn't. I mean, do you have any general rule of thumb when you think about travel insurance? Um, I do. And this is because of a personal experience. My dad had a stroke while he was traveling in Florida and we never got him home. And that was because there was no, he had no medical coverage that would pay $100,000 to get him home Oof. from Florida. So we now I routinely buy travel insurance for the medical evacuation part of it. And it wouldn't necessarily get us home, but it would get us to, you know, a hospital, at least if we were traveling somewhere where the medical care wasn't good. And I just, you know, I, when you're young, you don't think about any of this stuff. Yeah. I went around the world. I didn't have a shred of insurance. It's like, really? Yeah. But now it's like, oh, yeah, we got to have this. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of travel insurance. Which is funny because when you were when, when you said that, I was thinking about my recent ex experiences with travel insurance. And I've become a bigger advocate the, uh, um, uh, the older I get. But 
I always look at the cost of travel and it's funny because it kind of is turned on its head. If the travel is more expensive, I make it even more expensive by adding on the cost of travel insurance. Um, but if yeah. the travel's really cheap and I don't really care if I'm out $300, $400, I, you know, I, and don't get me wrong to some people, three or $400 is a ton of money. There was a time for me, it was a ton of money. If it is a ton of money, you really want to cover that. Um, but, but for me, because I've built a emergency fund, it's not s- such a big deal anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way to think about insurance in general, right? You keep it for the catastrophic expenses, the stuff that you either couldn't pay out of pocket or would really, really, really hurt. Yeah. You don't use it to cover everyday stuff. Let's go over the next part of this piece, because if you go back down through the credit cards and they go through a bunch of different credit cards and and we don't have time to go over that. But like I said, I'll have this on our Twitter feed and on the Money with Friends Twitter feed, but also uh, other options that are available that that people don't think about. It says contact the airline and other travel suppliers. The first thing you should do is contact the airline you're flying and other travel suppliers. This is a requirement to use your credit card travel insurance anyway, and you might be relieved to find out your trip can be canceled or rescheduled without paying a fee or something I didn't think about, Liz. Maybe there is a fee, but it's not that expensive. Yeah. A lot of people hear non-refundable and they think, oh, I'm out that money. And maybe not. You know, a lot of times you're paying a change fee and you might have to pay, you know, if there's a a higher fare for wherever you're going, you might have to pay that. But non-refundable doesn't mean necessarily the money's gone forever. So you definitely want to call those providers and find out, hey, what can you do? What's going on? What are my options here? This has nothing to do with coronavirus, but my son uh, missed, he was coming back to the Midwest for the holidays and we were excited to see him for a week and he uh, missed his flight. (laughs) Was he in the bar? (laughs) <laughs> he was not. It was first thing in the morning. And it's funny because he works for Microsoft and he uses a Google, uh, you know, he's, he has an Android phone. So he blamed it on Google saying that his <laughs> his alarm didn't go off. So, of course, he blames it on the competition. Right. But 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 uh, but when he missed his flight. I thought I'm like, man, I hope that there's a a, a change fee or a or a you know some a, he he was flying Spirit Airlines, mm-hmm. notorious for fees. They charged him zero when he missed his flight to change. Holy it. cow! Seriously? Yeah, they charged him. Surprised the heck out of me too. Um, wow. But but the sad thing is, of course, being dad, I wish they had charged him so he'd learn his lesson. But anyway. <laughs> You might have to let that go, Joe. <laughs> I might, I might. But 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 to, but to this this uh, article's point, I was I was very surprised. Also, in here, Liz, it talks about uh, consider traveling somewhere else. This was cool. If you don't mind explaining this, yeah. I, and I hadn't thought about this, but maybe use like if you were planning to go to China and now you don't want to go, maybe use the Chinese airport as your jumping off place. So book a trip within a trip. Um, this article suggested maybe you want to go to Laos, maybe you want to go to Vietnam or Cambodia or somewhere else in in Asia. You could use the trip that you have as sort of a shell for another trip. Yeah. So that means you might be giving up whatever you know hotel or whatever else you book the tour. Yeah. Yada yada. Yeah. Anyway, but you would still be able to travel in Asia, but just be a little bit more removed from the coronavirus. What a, what a, what a great idea. I hadn't even considered that either. Uh, we do the show live on uh, Facebook or YouTube today. We're on uh, the stacking Benjamins Facebook channel. If you want to hang out with uh, people like Liz and I, or Bobby and her guest or Bobby and I together, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash I stack Benjamins. Kevin is hanging out with us today and brings up a different topic. I think it's just around coronavirus and travel. What, what impact is this having on, on, on airline stocks? I'm not following airline stocks 
directly day by day. I don't know if you are, Liz, but the yeah. but but I will say this. You you can't have something like coronavirus happening and not have it affect. You're looking at cruise ships, at airlines. I mean, anything travel related is going to be hit by that. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think I think if you're an investor, you have to have more of a long term view. I would think, Liz. Yeah, and I'm all about passive investing and and long term and not paying attention to the day to day. So you guys that are day traders, I'm not going to say anything that's helpful to you, but. <laughs> In general, think about it. When something like this happens, when people are locked down in their homes, that's going to affect the econ- their economy, our economy, trade, all these other things. And we already had trade problems going on to begin with. So, you know, this could ripple out. This could be quite a big impact. What you want to think about, though, again, is the long term. When are you going to need this money? If you're in stocks, you shouldn't need the money within the next 10 years anyway. So yeah. you hang on, you diversify, you write it out, and you make sure that you have some cushion built in there. And that's what diversification is all about. You don't just have stocks. You have bonds and you have cash. And you have that long-term perspective that, you know, it's like listening to a symphony. If you listen note by note, <laughs> it's a really frustrating experience. You listen to a symphony in waves in in you know, over time. And that's what the stock market is. Over time is what matters. Over time, stocks do better than any other asset class. Over time, you're going to be building wealth. It's just there might be some scary ups and downs in the meantime. I love that analogy because imagine, you know, everybody wants everything up at the same time. Imagine if every instrument in the symphony was blaringly loud. (laughs) (laughs) That's even better. Yes, I I like that. (laughs) Absolutely horrible. I'm just building on what you're cooking. I don't, yeah. In just a second, Liz and I will have our takeaways uh, from today's piece, but while we'll let Liz get together the huge idea that I won't be able to match, while she does that, no pressure, Liz, just carry the show if you don't mind. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Acre Trader, our sponsor for today's show, because investing in farmland is something I know a little bit about. I grew up in farm country in South uh, West Michigan and uh, just south of Kalamazoo. And what 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 I know from working in fields is that there were always fewer and fewer fields. And if you look at that on a macro level, man, farmland is going away quickly. At the same time, we still need to eat. And so farmers are more valuable than ever. Now, the problem is, I would never recommend to anybody that knows nothing about farming, about getting into farming. That is a that is something that you want to leave to the experts. But owning farmland is a compelling thing if you're the right investor. And by right investor, I mean farmland isn't necessarily liquid, right? And uh, and even though they're going to break it down into much smaller pieces so you don't have to buy the whole farm, it still takes a chunk of money that you have to set aside for a long period of time. If you're buying real estate, you want to be a long-term investor like Liz and I were talking about a few minutes ago. But the uh, the ups and downs in farmland historically, not as big as, as in other places. Doesn't mean it's going to always be that way. But I think for the right investor, it's worth looking at. Head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF to see how... It can not only simplify the process of being a farmland investor, but also can help you diversify your portfolio. All right, uh, Liz, it's the moment of truth. What's the big idea here? <sighs> big idea is call and ask. You know, I, I think we're all like on our phones looking at <laughs> and Googling madly for answers. Sometimes the answers come when you talk to the travel provider or talk to the company And you might find out that you have more coverage than you think. You might have more options than you think, but it might not be something that you can find with a simple search engine. So 
call up the company when you've got money at stake and see if there are options. The worst they can say is no. And at least you've done a little bit of research to find out what's available to you. Yeah, I, the, the, I like that takeaway because often I think in our minds, we do all the uh, all the ways that they they will shut us down ahead of time. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And, and to your point, what's wrong with calling? If you've got a bunch of money on the line, by all means, you yeah. should call. Exactly. Yeah. My takeaway is just a little thing that we touched on around insurance, which, you know, most people look at those big rocks in their life. What if I get disabled? What if I have a uh, uh, a catastrophic illness? What, what if all these big things, what if I go on a huge trip and I don't use the ticket, right? Insurances, most people look at the cost of the insurance and if it's more expensive, they go, eh, I think I'm going to shy away from that. Yet the funny thing about insurances is it's a very competitive marketplace and a rule of thumb I learned over my financial planning career was if the insurance is really, really expensive, not one brand, but the entire type of insurance, that means some actuaries who are way smarter than I am realize that the chance of it happening to me is pretty, pretty good. So maybe I don't need insurance but I do need a plan. So when I was a financial planner, it seemed like Liz, people would say, well, disability coverage, man, that's expensive. I don't want to do it. Well, the reason it's expensive is even though we don't want to admit it, the chance of us using it is is fairly high. So having a good disability strategy makes sense. In this case, if I'm traveling to China or Laos, that travel insurance is going to be expensive. I probably probably want it more than ever with coronavirus now versus um, if I'm traveling you know, from Detroit to Cleveland. I could probably go without it. Yeah, exactly. If it's something you can easily absorb, it's not a good candidate for insurance. Well, tell me, because I'm very curious, what's coming up on the show? What's coming up on the podcast? (laughs) You know, we've got like six different ones in production. So (laughs) (laughs) everything's coming up. Headlights moment. Oh my God, which one? We're doing some great stuff. We're talking about spending fast. We're talking about um, should I uh, exercise my stock options or pay off student debt? That's a very Silicon Valley kind of thing, but you know, um, yeah. So we've got a lot of topics that are coming up. Oh, should I do a Roth conversion? Oh, sometimes we get really, really nerdy. We're in on uh, travel rewards and how to use them. Sometimes it's pretty basic stuff about investing. So, I mean, check us out. That's, that's so awesome. It's good to have you in the podcasting space. Thank you. It's going to be fun. I think (laughs) we'll we'll have you on the show. We're going to reciprocate this. Oh boy. That's, I will, I will wreck your show. I promise. <laughs> Come on, give it a shot. The, the good news is Liz is going to carry the show yet again tomorrow. So on behalf of Liz Weston, I'm Joe Saul Cihai. We'll see you again back here again tomorrow, Liz and I on Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.